listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Did you have a good week? Sunday celebration, everybody's gathering. I hope you are. I'm Jay, one of the pastors in this church. I have the privilege to preach um, today. And uh, there's just a lot of things that uh, are happening around us. We have this, it's not series break, but it's one Sunday that we're going to talk about the Pentecost. Now, before I even talk about Pentecost, we all have those moments that change the way we live our lives. Maybe that's for some of you, among you, when you got married, your life changed. That's married people, raise your hand. Right? Your life changed. Hopefully for the better, right? <laughs> Amen, right? Um, for, for, for some of you, it's when you got um, your driver's license. Life changed. Now you can drive, you can go around. Some of you, when you enter the school, um, I have friends who recently passed their college entrance exams. Their life somehow shifted. There are events in our lives that are so powerful, so landmark in our lives that it changes the course of our lives. Hopefully always for the better. But in the scripture, when we look at events, the Pentecost is one of the most powerful events that shape the way the church is. Yesterday, let me turn this on. We had our victory weekend. Hey, praise God for this. Among you here, you're done with your victory weekend. Raise your hand. Victory weekend. There. Wow. Put down your hands. Baka meron sa inyo. Anyone here from our victory weekend yesterday you got baptized? Oh, there. Can we give our hands to them? Wow. I want to honor you guys. They took the step of faith. For those of you who are thinking, ano yung victory weekend? Kararating ko lang dito. Pinilit lang ako dito eh. Um, this is an opportunity for us as a church community to encounter Jesus. And as I've said, there are events in our lives that change the course of our life. And Victory Weekend, at least for me, was one of them. That when I encountered Jesus through His Word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, my life was never the same again. That's why if you're here and you know, you're, you're interested, uh, I hope I picked your curiosity I invite you, just ask the person, maybe us after the service, and just get to know. I, w- I want to know that. How, how does that help me change the way my life works? The Pentecost, as we jump right into this, is one of those powerful events in church history that when it happened, these people, Peter, John, Mary was there, most of the disciples, their lives were never the same again. And if you think about Pentecost, it's one of those words in church that a lot of Christians say, but if we're honest, ano nga ba talagang ibig sabihin nun? It's like an inside joke, only a few people know, and when they say, it's Pentecost Sunday, today is, by the way, it's Pentecost Sunday. What do we mean when we say Pentecost? What does it signify for us? Why are we looking back thousands of years after this event, and thinking it's important. I want to invite you to think about how this momentous event in history shaped the church and has the capacity to change our lives today. And if, if you're here and you're willing to trust this Jesus and this God, I believe and I pray 
that we will step out of this place renewed, restored, refreshed for the glory of God. You excited for that? Let's all stand up and open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read Paul's letter to the Corinth church. This is most probably second letter. But we don't know what happened with the first letter. So we're reading the second letter and we entitled it 1 Corinthians. But as we read it, we're reading a letter to a people who has a lot of church problems. And Paul reminds them of how important the cross is and the power of the Holy Spirit. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, and we'll read up to um, chapter 2, verse 5. You guys ready? Okay, please help me click. Thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God, what? Chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let no one who boasts let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And I, when I come, came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's pray. Lord, within this room, we gather those who are online as well, coming from very different places, coming from very different experiences, but all of us wanting to meet and experience you. So Lord, I pray more than just my words, I pray that your spirit would work in the hearts of your people. Lord, I expect for miracles, not because of who we are, but because of what you have done and what you're doing. We're excited to see you move. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. You may now take your seat. We're going to talk about the Pentecost because as I've said, today is the celebration of the Pentecost. Now, if uh, for some of you who are not church people, you're unfamiliar with this. Um, this is an age-old church tradition that came from the Hebrew people that celebrate the Feast of Weeks. They call it the Feast of Weeks because they're, they count seven weeks after the Passover. Remember the Passover? Passover, they celebrate the time when God redeemed them out of Israel, uh, out of Egypt, and towards the Promised Land. After the Passover, they count seven weeks, and then after 50 days, Pentecost. Now, 
We often think of Pentecost, and rightfully so, with photos like this. This is a, an image by Gore. Um, it's, it's a beautiful um, reminder of what happened there. Um, but we need to step back and imagine what was behind the story before the flames went to their foreheads, before that happened, for us to appreciate what it truly is. And again, our quest for the next few minutes together is to ask, so what does it mean for us today? Okay, that happened. But what does it mean for us today? So, story time a little bit. Book of Acts um, and Luke. Remember Jesus, right? Jesus lived a wonderful, powerful life, healing, coming across town, teaching, and then eventually, he was crucified, remember? And there were people following this Jesus, and, and they were people who were loyal to this Jesus as a guy, and then they trust that this Jesus will be the king. They trust that eventually Jesus wins over the Roman Empire. The problem is this. He was crucified. <laughs> what kind of king will die in front of everybody. But after three days, what happened? Jesus rose again. That's why seven weeks ago, we celebrated what? The Holy Week, remember? The Lent. So during that time, it's also the Passover for the Jews. And Jesus rose again and then He ascended to heaven. Seven weeks after, these guys... His disciples gathered for the Feast of Weeks. Now, being very faithful Jews, they always gather for the Feast of Weeks to pray and sing because that's part of their culture and tradition. Little did they know something powerful will happen. The wind rushed. Fire came to their head and they started speaking in tongues. And it was, it was something that's new to them in fact, when they went out, when people heard them, the comment of the people is that, Lasing ata ito mga ito. But for some reason, they could understand what they were saying in their different languages. This, as we look back, is the birth of the church. The Holy Spirit coming down to the believers as God has promised, as Jesus has promised, that He will be with them. And the church grew, and these disciples, Peter went to the areas where he preached the gospel, Philip went eventually to India, all of them scattered, and eventually a guy named Paul became a Christian. And this Paul started a church in Corinth, where we now read this letter. As we read in this letter, we're looking back to an issue in the church in Corinth that Paul is addressing. And as we read it, and study it together, we'll see how the Pentecost shapes the way Paul is and the way he encouraged the Corinthian church to be. And I believe in my heart what we ought to be as followers of Jesus. You follow that? Okay. So Jesus came, rose again, Holy Spirit came, shaped the way church should go. Paul, follower of Jesus, encourages the Corinthian church. This is how and who we should be. Because Jesus happened. So, Corinth. This is Acro-Corinth or the, the hill in Corinth. Um, again, I, this, I, I'm a, a geek when it comes to this. I love thinking about these things. <laughs> the only way we appreciate these letters from Paul is when we step back and think about what was happening there. What was he saying? 
to appreciate Corinth, to know what Corinth is, it's the third largest city in that time under the Roman Empire. It's near Greece. It's one of the richest. And, and, and people go there to trade resources because it's near um, uh, waterways. And this agro-Corinth, they can see enemies from afar. So that's, it's a strategic place. But with a lot of money and a lot of resources, a lot of wise people come by as well. These are professional prof- philosophers. They go there to discuss ideas. Yan. Hindi yung philosophers sa modern time natin, di ba? Kumbaga, philo- philosophers, that's their job, to think. Grabe, yung gandang trabaho ata, ano, na mag-isip. <laughs> so during that time, there were a lot of philosophers. But one of the things also that's happening within Corinth is that since it's a very popular city, very rich city, it's a very promiscuous city as well. Meaning, um, there were temple prostitutes, literally. Okay, they go to the temple, they have sex with prostitutes, and it's normal for them. Loyalty to one another was not big. Lying to one another was a norm. So it was a city that's so rich in money, but so corrupt from within. And now imagine there's a church there. And so imagine yung Corinthian church, diba? Nakikita nila yung mga... Buti pa sila, pwede mo ganun. Tayo, Christian tayo, hindi pa yung ganun, no? So Paul was correcting some of the ideas that's creeping into the church. One of them is this. That the death and the resurrection of Jesus is foolishness. One of the biggest issues that's coming up there, because remember, there were a lot of philosophers. People were saying, naniniwala kayo dyan sa Jesus, Jesus na yan? Na namatay siya, tapos nabuk- talaga? And it's slowly creeping into the church. Some people were questioning their faith. You know people like that? People who question your faith? Kung katabi niyo, wag niyong tignan. Okay lang yan. Napilit niyong sumama eh, no? But, because that's the issue. That there were people questioning the gospel. Is it really true that this Jesus lived, died, and rose again? And when you put your faith in this Jesus... No requirement. I am saved. People were questioning that. So Paul had to address it. So he says, For consider your calling, brothers. Isipin nyo, kayo mismo, mga kapatid. Okay? Many of you were, not many of you were wise. And Encouraging, ganda ng description niya. Not many of you are wise. Pagka binaliktad mo yan, medyo masakit yan, di ba? <laughs> According to worldly standards. Not many of you were what? Powerful. Wala kayong social position. Power during that time does not mean, uh, you know, strength physically. It's social power, meaning their, their status in the society. Ibig sabihin, poor kayo. <laughs> So, hindi na kayo matalino, hindi pa kayo poor. Ay, hindi pa kayo rich. Diba? Not many of you were what? Of noble birth. Walang dugong bughaw sa inyo. Right? So, Paul started reminding them that, Teka, if you're saying that the cross is foolishness, remember how God chose you. And he says, you were not wise 
you were not powerful, you were not of noble birth, but God chose you. Now, we need to think about this because um, for some of you, this is not something that makes weight. Oh, well, also, pinili ako na Diyos, siyempre naman. But Paul, that's exactly what Paul is saying. Paul is saying is that there's nothing in you. Corinthian church, hindi mga taga-alabang kasi lovable kayo eh. Baka marami sa inyo wise. Marami sa inyo as I look at you, you look powerful. Nga mukhang taga-dugumbughaw din kayo. Hindi tayo ito. But the Corinthian church, Paul was saying, there's nothing in you that God would say, I'm choosing you because you are this. In fact, God chose you precisely because you're the least of the world. To shame those who are wise, who are strong. Look at that. So if you think about this in relation to what we're talking about in Pentecost, Christianity is a faith where you and me if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, meaning you committed your life to Jesus, you are here not because God needs something from you. You are here not because somebody forced you to be here. God chose you, invited you to be here. But I, And I don't know about you, I think that's something powerful. In fact, Paul continues to say, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring, um, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of who? God. That the reason God chose not the best of the best is to say, wala kayong maipagmamayabang sa Panginoon. This is not sounding like something that you would want to hear on a Sunday. So, Pastor Jay, yung encouraging, eh, yung magaling ako, mabait ako. Bible to eh. <laughs> the Bible describes at least the Corinthian church, and I believe many of us, that we have been drawn into Christ because He chose, not because of our merits. Not because of our name, nor our power, but because He chose for us to be with Him. And I find so much comfort in that. I find so much comfort in the fact that it is not because I have done something that God loves me. You realize this? Have you ever thought of it that if there were a requirement for God's attention and love, can we actually meet it? God? No, that's okay. no. But really, right? If, if, if there were a, a, an amount of langit points that you have to attain, where will you really be able to attain it? Total perfection. No side eye. Walang pagmamarites dun sa kapitbahay. 
Wala, as in. A perfect life. But I'm so glad the requirement of God is not that. In fact, that you look at this, he says, and because of him, Jesus, you are in Christ Jesus, sorry, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, so that it's written, let, no, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So what is Paul saying? He says, the world is saying that following this Jesus is foolishness. But the Bible is saying, Jesus himself is the wisdom. The world is saying, talaga ba? Punta ka sa church na yan? Alive, alive forevermore? Raising your hand, crying sometimes, shouting Jesus, Jesus. Do you really believe that? But the Bible is saying, no. The Bible is saying that it's worth it to follow Jesus. That following Jesus is something that is wisdom. In fact, it's Jesus who became our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, not our own merit. Not because we went to church. Not because we gave to church. Not because we did a good thing. Those are great things that you're here. I'm glad you are. I'm glad that you're doing great things with your friends. But that did not buy you the love of God. God chose. So that, sabi ni Paul, let no one, let the one who boasts, kung magyayabang daw tayo, our boasting should be in the Lord. So as we think about that, and in fact, you know, this is one of those things in the Bible that if you know the Bible, if you spend enough time with the Bible, once you read this verse, let the one who boasts in the Lord, uh, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord, automatically it should trigger in our minds another passage in Scripture. That's the thing about the Bible. Paul is not writing out of a vacuum. He's referencing several other works. And here, he's referencing Jeremiah 9. In Jeremiah, it's saying that, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Familiar. Let not the mighty boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. It is knowing God that we boast about. You see, we live in a world where money, position, power, popularity is the goal. <laughs> Life in the modern day is designed for us to chase after the next high. To have the most clicks, the most likes. Kaya hindi ka makatulog kapag nag-post ka, tinitignan-tignan mo kung gano'ng ilang beses. Yung mga natatawa, sila yung ano. Diba? Parang, hindi pa nila like ni ano ah. Tagal ah. And again, I want to say this properly. I, I'm not against social media. I praise God for it. I praise God that it's being used to spread the good news of Christ. But here's the thing. There's pressure all around us 
pulling us to the direction that if only you have this much money, this much power, this much popularity, life will be good. But the Bible tells us otherwise. All you need to have is Jesus. And that's a weird proposition for the world. Huh? To think about this. In this moment, a Sunday afternoon, you could be doing so many other different things. Mag-car wash, mag, I don't know, pumunta ng mall, kumain sa labas, manood ng Top Gun. <laughs> labas pa rin ba yan? We could do so many other different things, but you chose to be here. Why? Because I believe, I want to believe. Because we know Him. That we're willing to say no to other things because we find this worth it. He's worth following. If you're not a Christian and you're here, meaning, again, you just were forced to be here, nasanay ka na lang, paglinggo, walang magawa, sama na lang ako. The reason why this church is the way it is is because of an event. Jesus lived, died, and rose again. The Holy Spirit dwelt upon us. And therefore, we gathered together. This is not a ritual. This is not something that we do out of necessity. This is we do something we do out of love. So, that's the first section of this text. And for some of you, those who are note-takers, perhaps, I forgot to say, I'll only, have, I'll only make two statements out of this text, and we'll, we'll think about that in light of the Pentecost, and then I'll have two questions towards the end. So the first statement is this. Because the Pentecost is true, and it happened because the Holy Spirit dwelt upon us, because Jesus lived, died, and rose again through the gospel, the good news, which means Jesus, who loves us, we can enjoy God's presence. Paul looks at the Corinthian church and says, consider your calling. Isipin nyo nga kayo, tinawag kayo ng Panginoon. You were not the best, not the brightest, not the richest, but God chose you. It's because of Jesus that we're allowed and invited to the presence of God. And it could be in the modern church kind of life where we're, you know, so used to using the word presence of God. I feel the presence of God. We could reduce the presence of God to loud music, clapping of hands, beautiful songs, which are great things. But here's the thing. The presence of God is more than just a feeling. The presence of God is a reality that we live by. That if you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you profess that He's king of your life, you can wake up every single day knowing that God affirms you. Knowing that God is taking care of your life. That's the presence of this God. All throughout the scripture, God's presence is a key idea. Mula, mula pa sa Genesis, God wants to be with His people. God designed His people with, to be with His presence. Eden is an expression of the presence of God with His people. That's why remember when, when uh, Adam and Eve committed sin, one of the first things that happened was that what? They were expelled from the presence of God. Right? But even after that, God pursued them. 
God's presence followed them. And this presence went even towards um, the Egypt. And, and, and Moses, when they climbed the mountain, the presence of God was with them. God gave them a tabernacle. Nalalang yung tent? Where God would meet them. His presence was still with them. And even as they journeyed through the land, and they ended up in Israel, in the promised land, when they established the temple, at the heart of the temple is the presence of God. What makes the temple the temple is not its ornate design, but the presence of God. And all throughout human experience, we have been searching for, whether you like it or not, believe it or not, acknowledge it or not, we have been searching for the presence of the divine. And again, this is true whether you're new here or you've been here for a long time. We have this longing for an eternal power. That we have this longing for something beyond ourselves. Something that we could grasp on when things are not making sense. Lalako yung kaibigan kong atheist, pero nung nadapa, oh my God. <laughs> May atheist ka nung, oh my God, di ba? It's as if our hearts in its most fragile sense naturally seeks for God. There's a natural longing for His presence. So you could just imagine these people who are longing for the presence of God. And then Jesus came. He's called Emmanuel, God with us. The presence of God with humanity. So you could also imagine the time when Jesus said, I'm going to leave, I'm going to die. The feeling. And when he died, he said, I'm going to give you, what? Another one. Like me. The Holy Spirit comes. That's why the Pentecost is a reminder and a fulfillment of the promise of God's presence. When was the last time you see the rushing air and the fire in the Bible? You see that in the tabernacle? You see that in the temple? You see that in the garden? And now you're seeing, before it used to occupy a place, now in the Pentecost, it's occupying a people. That through the Pentecost, through the gospel, we can truly enjoy the presence of God. And the right says this beautifully. He says, those in whom the Spirit comes to live are God's new temple. Look at the person right next to you. Templo ng Panginoon. Huh? Talaga ba? That's why when people were asking during the pandemic, Pastor, bukas na ba yung church? I always respond, nagsara ba? We are the church. Not this place. We became the temple to which God dwells. They are individually, we individually, and corporately, meaning as we gather, we are the people of God. And we, in us, we become the places where heaven and earth meet. The presence of heavens and earth in here. No wonder when we worship together. Do you feel that? A sense in which this is something transcendent and beyond me. When we do things out of love, we become the people that God has called us to be, the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
That's the significance of the Pentecost. And that's what Paul is pointing them to. Hey, stop believing the foolishness of the world. You are chosen by God. You see, some of us think of coming to God as if it's a job interview. <laughs> Anong skills at qualifications mo? Nagsimbak ba? Nagwantoang ka na ba? Do you read your Bible? Do you pray every day until you grow, grow, grow? <laughs> but God does not talk to us as if He holds a checklist and He says, you need to do certain things for me to love you. Through the gospel, we're invited to enjoy that presence. In Romans chapter 5, verses 7 to 8, it says, For one scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps... For a good person, one would dare to even die. Sabi ni Paul din to sa Roman Church. Yung, yung mabuting tao, baka may, may gustong mamatay para sa kanya. Pero yung regularly, we wouldn't give our lives for somebody else. Verse 8 of Romans chapter 5 says, But God shows His love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God did not wait for you to fix your life so that you be accepted. God did not wait. Teka, kailangan mo munang magpakabayat ha, para maging Christian ka. God embraced us in our brokenness to renew us for His purpose. So that's the first statement. That's the first part of this. And Paul now turns to them and talks to them about how the gospel works in their lives. And he says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with what? Lofty speech or wisdom. Because again, he was going against the thinking that foolishness, yung gospel. He was saying, I did not come to you convincing you with arguments. Why? For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul was at, giving that idea that I did not stand in front of you doing a rhetorical speech and wanting you to believe this Jesus. I presented to you the truth and that's it. Christians, listen in. If you're a Christian, just put your attention here. If you're not a Christian, it's okay, but if you're a Christian, listen to this. The Bible describes and calls us to be a people who proclaims the gospel, the truth, as clearly, as powerfully, without any distraction. We're not called to lure this world into entertainment and make them feel, wow, if you be a Christian... Sasaya ang buhay mo, which is important, right? Pag, di, pag naging Christian ka, hindi ka na magkakasakit. Yayamang ka. Tatangkad ka. Ay, grabe yung tawa niya dun, ah. Sometimes people overpromise about this Christianity and people invite them to a wrong kind of Jesus. A Jesus that the Bible does not show. The Bible just presents Jesus as the King who lived, died, and rose again for you. I hope and pray that you are here and you will be here because of Jesus. 
not just because of the person right next to you. Because you yourself made the decision. Say, I'm going to hold on to this Jesus. I always say this. If these lights, the aircon, the soft seats go away, will we still follow Jesus? If life becomes dry and broken and things aren't the way we want them to be, we will still follow Jesus. Because it's easy to be Christians in this place. Right? I could say this because I know my Christianity, its test and its stretching happens when I go home. Right? Tomorrow, it's Monday. Excited na ba kayo? Amen, right? Because that's where our Christianity is lived out. This place is where we gather and recharge in the presence of God so that tomorrow, we're excited to face the day. Because we have decided to know nothing except Jesus Christ. We live in a hyper-distracted world. Katabi mo, distracted yan. Niisip niya na kung saan order ng dinner. What <laughs> alam mo, Pastor? Holy Spirit yan. It's <laughs> joking. Interesting this photo when I saw it. It's like he's this in this majestic sea, yet he is fixated on the screen. The irony of going to a beautiful place and staring at this small piece of mirror. And sometimes, our lives could be that. We could be so distracted with so many different things, but Paul was saying, no, I, I would just focus on one thing. My single-minded focus is to know Jesus and Him crucified. I pray for us that that's going to be our conviction. And I was with you in weakness, in fear, in much trembling. You were saying, Hindi ako yun. When you believed in Jesus, it was not me. My speech, my message were not implausible words. <laughs> but it's in the demonstration of the spirit of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Not only does Paul say that the gospel allows us to enjoy his presence, but that he demonstrates that the gospel that works in our heart is working not because it sounds good. It's working because the Holy Spirit is working it in. In fact, if you're narito ko ngayon, and God is speaking to your heart, it's not because I am convincing in any way. It's because the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And pointing on that area of your life that you need to surrender to God. So the second idea, through the gospel, we said that we are able to enjoy His presence, but also through God's power, we can live to proclaim His good news. That what the Pentecost event, the cross event had done is not only open the door that we may enjoy His presence, but also that we might live in His power. I'm much afraid that sometimes we could be a people who live in this 
almost always low bat sense. Yung parang lagi kang dragging your feet towards things. Have you ever experienced that? Ako lang ba? <laughs> parang pagod na naman ako. But Paul was saying, what, what works in the heart of people is the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, if you're here, I just wanna, wanna pray very quickly for you. Lord, I pray that your power is working in the hearts of your people right now. And you're drawing them near that they may experience you. The Pentecost event opens the door for God's presence and that we may live in His power. So I'm gonna take those two statements and put them in one idea, I hope, and and pray that as we think about the Pentecost and how the church was shaped by this event, we be a people that would enjoy God's presence and live on His power. So we've said this, through the good news of Jesus, we can enjoy God's presence. And we've said that through God's power, we can live to proclaim His good news. And we need it. All over the world, there's this seeming and ending struggle for power. And we Christians, the person right next to you, this community, we're called to live as a people who are demonstrating the love of God through His power. You look at the book of Acts and the many miracles that God does every single day. Well, not every single day, but most of those images there happening. Do you still believe that God can still do miracles today? Do you still believe that God can really work in the heart of that cousin of yours? Do you still believe that God can heal even today? That God can provide miraculously? And we believe that not because somebody in front of you says it, but because the gospel... The truth tells us so. So to put those ideas together, the Pentecost as an event is a demonstration of God's loving presence that gives us power to live and proclaim Him. If you're not a Christian, what the Pentecost means for you is this. You are invited to experience a life that's beyond now. Buhay na hindi pwede na yan. A life that's lived in the full in Christ. And if you are a Christian, it's an invitation for us to live a life of power. So, two questions as we draw to a close. First question. Will we humbly surrender and enjoy His presence? One of the struggles of being where we are as a people is that surrender almost always feel as if it's negative. Yung pag nag-surrender ka, parang talo. <laughs> surrender na. But when you look at Scripture and the way God invites His people, it's a constant yielding to Him and saying, God, take this and lead me into how I should live my life. I remember a friend who struggled with so many 
things. We were just talking, I think, a week ago. One of his struggles is how to deal with this workmate who always, constantly, talagang makes him feel bad. You know, I was listening to him and I was feeling, meron pa palang bullying sa office hanggang ngayon, eh, no? Kala ko graduate na siya no, nung high school. <laughs> hanggang sa office. Always, constantly. I was telling him, bro, sabihin mo kasi. Bro, you don't know and all these things. And we were praying. And he says, all I can do now is pray for that person. So what he would do is that he would go to the office early and he would pray. Dun sa table ng office mate niya na yun. He would pray. Tapos ganun lang, magkikita sila, pagtatawanan siya, the way he looks, the way he sounds, everything. Favorite daw siya nun. So every single day, what he would do, go early to the office, pray at this table, Lord, bless this person. Lord, I don't feel like loving him, but I'm gonna pray for him. Did this constantly. And then one day, this person had a problem. Marital problem. This bully. And you know who he went to? <laughs> he said, Diba, sa church nyo may mga ano, marriage-marriage? Sama mga ako. And they talked. Slowly, he understood what's happening in his life. He was still making fun of him. But slowly, he had compassion. And he said in his mind, this guy needs Jesus. Prayed for him. Invited him to church. I'm not sure if they're online right now or I don't know if they attended. But this guy just trusted in the power of God and surrendered it to him. Now for some of us, it's not that. That's not your story. Your story is an area of your life that you're, at the moment, struggling to surrender. I pray that you would. Second question. Will we live in step with the Holy Spirit and be His people? We're not only supposed to enjoy His presence, we're also to called to live in His power. Our Christianity would be so malnourished if the only thing we do is enjoy Sunday gatherings. Kung ang itsura ng Christianismo natin ay pumunta sa simbahan, mag-enjoy sa pagkanta, pakikinig ng preaching, as bahala na yung buhay ko. Our Christianity is malnourished. A big part of our growth as a Christian is living in step with the Holy Spirit. Listening to His voice. Asking Him to direct our paths. Believing for miracles every single day. Living in faith. Spending in faith. Trusting that He is the one who is in control. We are to enjoy His presence. We are to live in His power. This is an image of a castle and oftentimes, this is in Germany, Oftentimes, when we talk about kingdom, we think of a castle, a king, and his power, and how the authority of that castle um, stands in, you know, 
powerful contrast with the world, so to speak. But what if, just like Paul is calling the Corinthian church to be a people who would proclaim the gospel in God's power, not just by wisdom, but by God's power. What would the kingdom of God look like? I think one of the ways that it would look like is this. People surrendered to Christ. That if we are fully convinced of the power of the gospel, it results to people surrendering to Him. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.